In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Dear family, we've pondered before the amazing words of Jesus in today's gospel. Whoever has ears ought to hear. We pondered how funny it is to put it that way because everyone has ears, which means every single human being ought to hear. And there's a reason why Jesus used the word ought. What does ought mean? What are its implications? If everyone who has ears, if everyone has ears and ought to hear then what Jesus is saying, what are the implications of not hearing. So to make sure we were all on the same page, I, I looked up the word ought, and look what I found. Quote, ought is used to indicate duty or correctness. Typically, when criticizing someone's actions, they ought to respect the law. We could say that about a lot of things going on in our country today, couldn't we? They ought to be going home and going to bed and not destroying, destroying, destroying like they're doing out in Portland and Seattle and every other place. They ought to quit shooting people. They have a duty not to shoot people. The mayors have a duty to, to protect the people, to enable their law enforcement to enforce the law so as we all are protected. That's what they ought to be doing. We'll consider this definition in just a moment about that ought as applies to the months of utter chaos in our left-wing cities. But first I scrolled down to see if this was just an unusual or outlying definition of the word ought. Well, the next one I found is, was in Merriam-Webster, which said this, used to express obligation, advisability, natural Expectation. I suppose when we're walking down the streets of Chicago, we have a natural expectation that nobody's going to shoot us. And like four, I looked a little further, and I did not get enough sleep last night, dear family, so it probably shows. I looked a little further and found in, in Collins, which said this, you use ought to mean that it is morally right to do a particular thing. Like go home and go to bed. So there's Jesus saying in the gospel, whoever has ears ought to hear. Last time I saw a picture of it, I think those people had ears because they were putting their little face masks over their ears as they went about wreaking havoc. We all have ears and we all ought to hear, which means we ought to do our duty correctly, which means we ought to respect the law. And applying that to the gospel of Jesus Christ, we ought to respect his law. Referring, referring to, of course, his unchanged and unchangeable law. Remember, Jesus said, and he did, that he did not come to change the smallest part or, part or of a letter of the law. And this dawned on me this morning. No one else has the right to change it. Just because a person thinks he or she has a better idea. If Jesus didn't think he wanted to change the law, what makes us, any of us, think we ought to? Rather, we ought to follow Jesus' unchangeable law. Unchangeable law. 
But the real Jesus taught in his real gospel this day, therefore, is worth repeating. He who sows good seed is the son of man. Oh, it's Jesus himself, isn't it? Sowing good seeds. And he said, the field is the world. It's everywhere. Every tongue, every nation. The field is the world. And the good seed are the children of the kingdom. And amen, I say to you, Jesus sowed good seed when he established his one and only one holy Catholic and apostolic church. Anyone in any color of cassock that diverges from Jesus's truth, just like another Judas, it would have been better for him had he never been born. The weeds are the children of the evil one, Jesus said it, and the enemy who sows them is the devil. Sadly, dear family, there are a lot of minions of the devil working very, very hard for him, just as we strive to work hard for Jesus. We actually can say that, that we are part of a conspiracy to bring the faithful to Jesus, just like they are part of a conspiracy to bring evil. And of course, Jesus said the harvest is, at, is the end of the age and the harvesters are angels, holy angels. And just as weeds are collected and burned up with the fire, so will it be at the end of the age. But dear family, no, we don't have to get caught up in this, but whether we're living in a time of partial harvest or the final harvest, either way, we ought to read the signs of the times. We ought to hear, see and hear how those signs diverge from Jesus. And then through reception of grace, conduct ourselves according to the one true church, the one true faith. That's why this denial of reception of the sacraments and reception of the grace is nothing less than diabolical. I've said it from day one. We need, as humans, the grace. There would have been... If we didn't need it, Jesus wouldn't have had to go through what he went through to make sure we got it. Those who deny the faithful access to the sacraments and to the holy sacrifice of the mass, it's madness. Finally, in today's gospel, the Son of Man will send his angels and they will collect out of the kingdom all who cause others to sin and all evildoers. And they will, be, they will throw them into the fiery furnace where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. We know this. And then, but then, then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. And then he concludes with whoever has ears ought to hear. Whoever has ears ought to hear. Dear family, let us hear this. Every single rioter, looter, burner, and shooter are minions of Satan. When you see them doing what they're doing, they are not doing the work of almighty God. Can you imagine how beautiful the world would be in Portland or Seattle or Chicago if every single rioter, looter, burner, and shooter suddenly was, suddenly was, became like a Mother Teresa. And so instead of 3,000 people causing havoc, you had 3,000 Mother Teresas there. What, what kind of goodness, holiness, prayer? Oh, gosh, the, the shining like, how do you put it? Shining like the firmament or something? That, can you imagine? And there, if you just do that in your mind, play the game, Take those pictures of the thousands of looters and, and turn them all into thousands of Mother Teresas. And there's your answer. What is good and what is diabolical evil from hell?
The bottom line was, is, and always will be, their rioting, looting, burning, and shooting is unjustifiable in the eyes of Almighty God. It is damned by Almighty God, and we better start saying it. And any person, politician, or cleric who does not call them out for their diabolical conduct aids and abets them in their crimes against the people and their crimes ultimately against God and consequently are complicitous with them. And once again, as always, you don't have to take my word for it. Jesus, the Lord, said it, quote, all those who cause others to sin and all evildoers will be thrown into the fiery furnace. Let us, in contrast, keep the faith and run the race to the end because of what Jesus said next, that the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. And for all those who just cannot bring themselves to realize the worldwide global breakdown in civilization, because it's not just here, and the potential for utter disaster, the greatest disaster being the destruction of faith. Dear family, you, you just need to realize that's Satan's end game. We know his end game. He wants to destroy faith. You destroy faith by destroying family. You destroy humanity by mandating masks. I was so creepy. I, I told you before, when I got out of the car in Cincinnati and I, got, I started walking to where I was going to be in the hotel, and I, everybody around me is like a zombie wearing this mask. There is no excuse. Satan's endgame, the destruction of faith and family. And once you realize that every action that goes against the one true church and the one true faith is part of his concerted effort to destroy faith and family, then you do have eyes to see and ears to hear. And all that is happening throughout this pandemic, the anti-social distancing, the God-forsaken forced masking, you will recognize the unmistakable movement toward the end game, which is destruction of faith and family. So let's close with the explanatory footnotes in today's gospel, wherein it points us to the book of the great prophet Daniel. Imagine that. Hearing what Jesus just said about the end of the times, the harvest, the angels going forth. And, and, and then the footnotes actually point us to Daniel, a section of chapter 12 entitled The Resurrection. And listen to this. At that time, there shall arise Michael, the great prince, guardian of your people. It shall be a time unsurpassed in distress since the nation began until that time. At that time, your people shall escape, everyone who is found written in the book. Many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, others to reproach and everlasting disgrace. But those with insight shall shine brightly like the splendor of the firmament. I knew I read that somewhere this morning. Jesus' words, he was quoting the prophet Daniel. Let us see and hear and interpret all that is going on around us for what it is, diabolical destruction of faith and family, the very cataclysms our blessed mother warned us about. And then as I've urged you time and time again, put oil in your lamps daily so that you're ready when the bridegroom comes. One last thing, this is just a point to ponder. The vision of Pope Leo XIII, from which came the prayer to St. Michael, the St. Michael just referenced in Daniel, which was just referenced by Jesus in the today's gospel. Some of you know this, I know, but in case there are some that don't, Pope Leo XIII's vision occurred on October 13th, 1884. 
exactly 33 years to the day of the final apparition of Our Lady of Fatima on October 13, 1917, and the miracle of the sun witnessed by over 70,000 people present. Now, you probably have wondered this, I've wondered it. When did this 100 years begin and when did it end? Well, what people do not seem to realize is that the end part does not mean some sudden cataclysmic atom bomb blow up of the whole earth so that because the world did not somehow explode on October 13th, 1984, which is 100 years after Pope Leo's vision, or on October 13th, 2017, that somehow the 100 years we were warned about almost is nothing more than some sort of a myth. Ah, oh, yeah, she's just trying to tell us to behave. What struck me just this morning that our Blessed Mother warned us about the spread of the Russian error in the great book, 1984, which is nothing ex other than a, a brilliant expose of what the Russian error looks like. That was 1984, is 100 years after Pope Leo XIII's vision. Read that book. It's chilling because that's exactly what has happened. And further struck me this morning that 100 years forward from October 13, 2017 puts us to the almost the exact date that Hillary Clinton lost the election. Remember, she wanted to use the power of the government to force us to change our deep-seated religious beliefs. And points to, 100 years after our Blessed Mother and Fatima, points to the very start of the massive deep state swamp, the godless and horrific attack on even the sovereignty of the U.S. so that there's one global government all are directed toward the end game of a godless one world government, Satan's plan, communist indoctrination, communist forcing godless behavior, forcing godless vaccines down upon the people of the world. It's 100 years, dear family. It doesn't mean that one discreet day suddenly the world blows up. It means that now we are in the battle. These are huge points to ponder, dear family. But ponder them we must, and we'll be reminded to ponder them the next time you try to walk through the door at Walmart or any other place where the masked Nazis are in full swing. And those who have eyes to see and ears to hear ought to see and hear the godlessness of the anarchy breaking down all around us. Again, dear family, it's been 100 years. Now more than ever, make sure daily we put oil in our lamps. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.